Our scripture this morning is from 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 1 and 2. And today we have the privilege to start a new sermon series entitled The Ministry of the Holy Spirit, Sanctification. This is the Lord's Word. Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who are elect exiles of the dispersion in Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia, according to the knowledge of God the Father in the sanctification of the Spirit, for obedience to Jesus Christ and for sprinkling with his blood, may grace and peace be multiplied to you. May the Lord bless us in the reading of his holy word. Good morning, everyone. It's good to see all of you on this rainy day. I know you've all lost an hour asleep, but praise be to the Lord that he gathers us together. Praise be to the Lord for his grace and mercy in our lives. And we pray that as we hear the words, Lord, today, that the Lord would strengthen you, that the Lord would give you hope, that the Lord would show you and demonstrate to you the greatness of his love once again. Today we embark on this journey of the question, what does it mean to grow as a Christian? What does it mean to grow as someone who has confessed that I know Jesus? He is my savior. What does it look like for us in our day-to-day living? And what is ultimately the goal of being a Christian here in this world? This is a question that we, we have to ponder. We already ponder this as human beings all the time. We ask the question when our kids are born, what is the next stage? Well, next stage is to, to hopefully get them to nap only once a day. The next stage after that, hopefully get mallet diapers. And as we get older and older, you hope that they go to college. You hope they get a good job. You hope they get married. You hope they have children. And you plan accordingly. You plan your resources, your time, your energy, your finances, because you have an idea of what it means to be a fully grown man or a fully grown woman. We do this instinctively. We do this because our culture shows us what it means to be an effective member of society. But the question of what it means to be a fully grown Christian man or a fully grown Christian woman is still a live topic that is up to debate in a lot of places. And we ourselves struggle with that. What does it mean for me to grow in Jesus himself? What are the markers? This is important for us to know. Or else we sort of go through our Christian life sort of haphazardly trying to figure out, well, If I read the Bible today, does that make me a better Christian? Or if I went to church today and I was touched by what God was speaking to me today, does that mean I'm growing as a Christian? Or today I had a really good day with the Lord. Does that mean I'm growing as a Christian? And so we have to sit back and we have to delve into the Bible itself 
and ask the question, what does it mean to grow in faith? Grow in our nearness to the Lord. In theological terms, we give this word, sanctification, to sanctify, to make holy. The goal of the Christian life is to grow in our holiness towards the Lord. Now, we got to be careful with this word because we can take this word and define it in the way that we desire to define it. But let's take a look at Scripture. Let's take a couple of steps back and understand what God has done for us and what God continues to do for us. A scripture teaches us that we have been saved through, by grace through faith alone, Ephesians 2, 8, 9. When you came to know Jesus, a miracle happened, a new birth. You yourselves were not aware of your new birth until the Lord himself said, it is time for you to know. It is time for you to know that I have placed my Holy Spirit upon you, and you are no longer children of this world, but you are my children of the everlasting kingdom. And so this new birth happens to you, and you are aware of it by the faith that God has placed in you. You see, faith is a gift of God. Faith is not something that you already innately had. This faith we're talking about is faith to know that I am a sinner, and faith to know that I've been forgiven by God and God alone. And this faith awakens you to know that I belong to Christ and Christ alone. And this is a momentous occasion for, for any Christian to be aware, to have your eyes open, and to know that I do not belong to this world. This is a momentous occasion to have your eyes open, to know that the God of this universe, the most powerful being in the world, the one who is good by very nature, who is holy by very nature, who is righteous by very nature, who will only do what is for his glory and for your good for all of eternity is on your side. The peace that surpasses all understanding sort of zooms into your heart like a first love but even greater because you know that God loves you. This conversion experience, we start to know and, and understand that we've been justified by faith, that God no longer counts our sins against us, but we stand before him righteous, clothed in the, the robe of righteousness, which is pure as which is pure white, that you may know that before the Lord on that judgment day, that you are received not simply as someone who's been made righteous alone, but that you have been received as someone who's now called a son and daughter of the living God. This beginning part of the Christian life, this fact of, of who we are, we rejoice in together. It's, it's much like when you first get married and it, the, the joy that you feel in the Lord. 
It's much like in the early church historically when the Holy Spirit came in. Everything was exciting from the very beginning. And we as people naturally, we, we go back and we say, we want that first experience again. That that first experience must be the totality of what it means to be a human being, or in this case, the totality of what we need to, to, to strive for and to go back to in our Christian life. But God says something differently. Because your justification, your conversion, the faith that the Lord has placed upon you, the adoption as children, as, as sons and daughters of the living God, that those things at that one moment seems wonderful. But that same Holy Spirit that has given you those benefits, given you those wonderful gifts from the Lord, also says to you, this Holy Spirit will sanctify you. And this sanctification process will be over time. and will be over the time of your life that I have gifted to you. And that we must understand how that has worked out in us so that we may never be discouraged, so that we may never lose hope, so that we may always know that we belong to Christ. Now, sanctification is simply this. It's our ability and our journey to grow in likeness of Jesus himself. To grow in likeness of Jesus himself is to grow in holiness, grow in our ability to say no to sin and to say yes to Jesus and to yes to his commandments to love him and to love others. Now, there's some misconceptions about sanctification that I want to dispel before we sort of move on. First, sanctification isn't simply a series of choices that you make. Let me say that again. Sanctification is not simply a series of choices that you make. There's this idea in, in Christian circles and in our own hearts that to be sanctified simply means every day I just need to make certain choices. If I make choice A, B, and C and make the right choice, then automatically that means I'm drawing nearer to God. So think of it. There are times in your life where you say, if I simply choose to say yes to reading the Bible, yes to, to uh, loving the, the people who are closest to me, if I say yes to, to attending church, if I say yes to good moral standards that the Lord has showed to me, that each time I say yes, that in itself, these moral choices, is simply growing in our faith. Growing in our faith is more than simply these isolated choices that are out there. And too often when we think about growing in Christ, we think about the goals that we achieve in, in getting these things finished or getting these things done. But the problem with that is that our hearts will tend to look at those choices and look at the things that we get done 
as the end all of what it means to grow in Christ. And our natural tendencies of, 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 of us as human beings, even as we are, have been loved and grown in Christ, our, our natural tendency is to say, God, look at these things that I have done. Look, I'm growing in you. Look and take this and, and just like a little child, put that on our refrigerator door in heaven that says my name on it so that I can see and you can see the work that I've done for you so that you can see that I'm growing closer to you. And what happens for us is that our sanctification becomes less about our relationship with the Lord and more about the work that we've done for him. And what happens in our faith is very simple. When we think that we are doing the right things from God for God, we feel closer to him and we feel like we're growing in him. When we do the wrong things or don't accomplish those things, we feel like we're moving away from him. And your heart yo-yos back and forth, up and down, up and down. This is something we naturally learn as human beings and that we've naturally translated in our relationship with the Lord. We all live in a legalistic society. In other words, if you do what your boss tells you to do, your boss rewards you. If you do not do what your boss tells you to do, your boss doesn't reward you. And we've all, we've, we're all imperfect parents. We've all been imperfect children. We've known that if our parents say to do something, we do what they do, we'll, we'll, please, we'll please them. If we don't do what they do, we, we displease them. But God is different. You see, the, the goal of the Christian life, the goal in our sanctification, it's not simply to, to check off a checklist of what it means to be holy and to measure our holiness with that checklist. Because if you do that, you will never, ever be able to complete it. Imagine giving a young child a list of chores that never ends. They will give up and never complete their chores. And in the end, it becomes a burden for you and me to try to check off everything that we believe that the Lord wants us to do. Our sanctification isn't simply about choices or ultimately about choices. Sanctification also is not about simply moral living. In our Christian circles today, we, we often think that sanctification is simply living a good moral life. We, we love the moral tenets that, that God has given us. The Ten Commandments seem like a great set of rules. And there was a time in the 1980s, I remember, where certain state legislators tried to get the Ten Commandments as, as part of their, of, of their local community laws. They said, these are good laws. And yeah, I mean, it's, 
they're, they're good things to have. Do not steal. We can all agree we should not steal. And we as Christians, we think that for us to grow in our sanctification, it simply means to grow in a good moral life, to be a good person, to say hello to everyone, to not harbor regret, to be able to live an upright life 24-7. We sometimes think that to be a Christian is to, well, not rest on God's promises, but to continue to work hard in doing what God wants us to do, to be counted. To be counted as one of his own. But this is unsustainable either. One of the blessings and curses about living in the 21st century here in the United States of America. The blessings and curses is that the fact is that we have everything that we need. We have more choices of food to eat than we can possibly imagine. We do not lack for a place to rest our head. We do not lack good sanitation. We do not lack just the, the physical needs that, that we all desire. But the more that these outside needs are met in our lives, the, the more our hearts are exposed. You see, sometimes it was easier back in the 18th century when you didn't need to look at the, in, in your hearts too much because you're too busy chopping wood. <laughs> you're too busy preparing food for your family. You're too busy defending against wild animals and, and people trying to take your stuff. And so you can live a moral life. You didn't have time to examine everything that was going in you because everything around you demanded your attention. The curse of this modern life so we have more time to look at our hearts. The amount of mental health cases in the U.S. has just skyrocketed since the pandemic. Why? Because we've realized that we ourselves, we cannot live that moral life, that good life that we desire. And we look to God and we say, God, I want to grow in this. I want to grow in this good moral life. I want to grow in in having this, this, this healthy outlook at life. And your heart keeps saying to you, it's not possible. You see, sanctification is not about morality. And it's not about simply pleasing God with the do's and the don'ts. There's two things about sanctification I want to say here today, and then we'll move on in the the following weeks to talk a little bit more about this. Number one, the God who saved you is the same God who will change you. Say that again. The God who saved you is the same God that will change you. 
Philippians 1.8, he who began a good work in you will be faithful to complete it. God does not not finish what he starts. We often think that once God saves us, now it's my turn to do what I need to do to please him. That's not what we're talking about. Once God saves you, God also gives you the, God also is the one who changes you. Here in 1 Peter 1 verse 2, it says, in the sanctification of the Spirit, this same Spirit that lives in you is slowly but surely changing your heart, changing your disposition to love Jesus more and more, slowly changing you, perhaps you know, ups and downs, but it is, the Spirit is changing you to glory in Christ and in glory in what He loves and to say no to the things of this world. And so our confidence is never in ourselves to grow in the Lord. Our confidence is in God Himself through the Spirit to grow us in Him. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit are complicit in this wonderful, wonderful task to make you like him. And he will do it. He will accomplish it. There will be times where where you will say as as a young believer that, Jesus, I did this for you. Thank you so much that you gave me the ability to do this. And you rightfully, you should say, yes, praise be to you. But again, like I said, we live in this modern society. And if you're anything like me, you think too much. <laughs> you start thinking, my motive wasn't pure when I did that. I did it the best I can, but if I keep thinking about it and go deeper, my motive wasn't pure. And that's right, it wasn't. We never will be. That's why the gospel says you're saved by faith and faith alone. You've been justified by Christ's finished work, not by anything that you do. But we go to God and go, God, thank you that I was able to do this, to love you and to love people. I know my heart is not pure, but I was able to do that because your spirit led me. And all glory and honor belong to you because it is your spirit that helped me and aided me in loving and doing what is best for you and your kingdom. It is the spirit himself that will always be changing you. I could not be a pastor, believe it or not, let alone a Christian, but I could not be a pastor if I, if I did not believe this. Because if I believed truly that you yourselves could change yourselves, that's a lot of pressure on me to say the right things at the right time, at the right moment. Do you know how, you know how difficult that is? It's impossible. That would mean that if for some reason one of you sort of were to walk away a little bit from your faith, 
because you made the wrong choices. That would mean, my goodness, what did I do wrong? That's the same thing for you. My confidence, your confidence is, it should be this, is that I believe that you can't change yourself, but, but I don't trust you to change yourself. You're like, Pastor, yeah, that's a mean thing to say. So no, I'm just being honest. I don't trust you to change yourself. I trust Jesus to change you. And you might say, well, don't I get a part of it? You do in, in a big way. You do. You're a partner. And this is a mystery. But I do know that without the Spirit moving in you, you cannot please God. And so my job, your job, as, our, as we want to grow in the Lord, is not to tell people, here's, here's the chore chart. Do this, this, and this. Or to measure each other by, by the, the moral standards that we're growing into. But instead to look at one another and say, only Jesus can change us towards what he wants us to be. Let's just share the gospel with one another. Love one another. And when people make an effort, and you know and I know when people make an effort, that it's never 100%. Those of you who are married, you understand what I mean by that your husband and your wife, they make an effort, but you know that at times it's not, a, it's not 100% there. But the gracious thing to do is accept it. And as we grow in the Lord together, as the Holy Spirit changes us, we accept whatever God gives us and rejoice because we know it's a spirit is at work. So yeah, don't trust yourself. What does, that do? what does that do to our lives? It should make you Christians who are happier, lighter, more exuberant. Why? Because you don't take yourself seriously. Stop taking yourself so seriously like you can do anything to please God. Just trust him. If you're going to make a mistake, and you will make a mistake... Make a mistake because you're trying to, to obey the Lord. Don't try to cross, dot all the I's and cross all the T's before you follow him because you will never dot every I and cross every T. It just never happens. We live by faith, not by certainty. We love by faith, not by pure motives. We do all things because we know that God himself is changing us and we depend upon his spirit. Christians should be the most jovial, lighthearted, don't take themselves too seriously type of people. Because we know that we're loved by God and we know that the only way that we ever change it's because of God's grace and God's mercy. Secondly, a marker of sanctification is simply this. It's not about simply living a better moral life. Sanctification really is simply, do you see yourself growing closer and nearer 
to Jesus himself, to all he is, to all he's taught, to all his splendor of who he is in himself. Do you look at Jesus and go, dude, Jesus, you're just, I'm speechless today. Right now, my mind is like, I know that you love me. I can't explain everything, but but I know that you love me. And there'll be other days you'll be like, oh my goodness, I'm such a sinner. I so messed up. Jesus, I feel like you're pushing me away, but scripture tells me you're close. Scripture tells me to draw near to you, so I'm going to draw near to you. Sanctification is not about having a longer list of the do's and don'ts. Sanctification is knowing and growing and knowing how much Jesus loves you and grasping and, 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 and holding on to those truths tighter and tighter and tighter. Because in your failures, hopefully you run to God. You run to Jesus. In your sins, you run to Jesus. When you do succeed in loving people and God shows you his grace, you run to Jesus in thankfulness. And when we do that, our relationship with grows. Those fruits just come out. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. You, if you run after those things just in and of itself, you will never get them. But if you run after Jesus and Jesus first, to love him and to love others, those things flow out. Because they're the fruit of the Spirit. They are not the rules of the Spirit. And so I urge you, don't run after those things. Don't run after good moral living. You heard me say that. Don't run after good moral living. Don't don't run after religious rule keeping. Just run after Jesus. And everything else will follow. Jesus' love for you is secure, as we sang. The same who God, the same God who saved you in your sins, is the same God who continues to change you in your sins. It's the same God who will glorify you and eventually take away all your sins. And when we're with him in glory, and you see Jesus, your heart will leap with joy. For you will be attaining the goal of your life, your salvation, to see your Savior face to face. Let's pray. Lord, we are a people who take ourselves way too seriously, Lord God, in all things. We are people who naturally strive after things. It's what has made this country great. It's what has made a lot of us, Lord, successful people. But Lord, we, we 
as your people, we confess that, that that does seep into our Christian livelihood, Lord God. Lord, we're too quick to judge other people, and we're too quick to judge ourselves as well. We are, we're people very hard on ourselves, Lord God. And Father, in the recesses of our hearts, as we look deeper and deeper, Lord, we know, Lord, that we can see the, the evil and the bad, and it overwhelms us, Lord God. Lord, I pray for, we pray for those people here in this room and people we know in our society, Lord God, who are just mentally and spiritually so into darkness, Lord, that they don't see a way out. Father, we pray, Lord, that you would draw them near to you, draw them out of that darkness and show them, Lord, that they don't need to live by their standards. They only need to draw close to you and you will free them from all these things. But Lord, we pray for our church, Lord God, that you would help us, Lord, to be a church that relies upon you and your grace alone. Give us a lightness of spirit. Give us a heart that, that, that is playful in many ways, Lord God. And give us, Lord, the, the ability to do what is right, Lord, and to, to do it in an organized way, to do it in a, in a thoughtful way, um, but Lord, always in the end, being given glory to you in all things. So Lord, thank you for CCPC. Thank you for this church. Grow this church in a way that is consonant with your gospel and your gospel alone. In Christ's name we pray, amen.